Uh, I was very fortunate to uh, live out of town when I first came to Talkeetna, and I worked at a lodge. And, of course, aviation, you soon find out, becomes really the heartbeat of a remote setting. Um, all the food comes in, uh, clients in and out. The airplane becomes very important. And it was really a privilege to get a chance to ride in the airplane, you know, because I was just one of them. But the airplane people were like, you know, they had that total freedom. So when the opportunity came to, after I was out there for about three months, to go to Anchorage and get some building materials. So it's like, yeah, of course, you jump at the chance to do that. So um, a German, elderly German guy owned the airplane, but he couldn't speak very good English. And he was very nervous around flying in uh, Lake Hood and Anchorage, a very busy place because his English wasn't very good. And so picking up building materials, um, building materials are heavy. A little box of nails weighs 50 pounds. A roll of tar paper, you know, it's like 80 pounds. Glass, small, but very heavy. And I did the math, and I, I weighed about half of what I weigh now. <laughs> um, but, and unbeknownst to us, a friend had stopped by and also um, put two cases of wine in the very, very back of the airplane. When you fly aircraft, it's all about the weight. But it was fortunate and unfortunate the wind was blowing about, it was really windy. And for Anchorage, it was like maybe 30 miles an hour. White caps blowing pretty hard. But we still thought that uh, um, this, you know, wind is good. Airplanes make wind. They fly in the wind. Everything's wonderful. And there's a few gusts of 40 or so. And I hadn't had my pilot's license yet. But I uh, was, of course, very eager. And I was sitting in the, the right seat. And, of course, this uh, very typical German uh, who owned the lodges in the left seat. And so we uh, have everything loaded. Of course, way heavier than we really realized we were. And he takes off, roaring into the, into the storm, into the, into the wind. And, and a gust of wind had caught the aircraft. And we went straight up in the air. Um, it went from seeing the ground to total sky and, and fell back, straight back on its tail. And... Uh, um, I didn't know it at the time, but um, had, uh, of course, bent the floats and, and damaged the aircraft quite heavily. But now, with all the noise, the ELT is going off at this point, which is a very distinct boo, 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 really loud, and you can't turn it off. It just really, and it's constant. It doesn't stop. So he panics and fall back down on the floats and actually gets into the air, which at this point is now becoming quite scary because the airplane doesn't quite want to fly. These Cessnas, now I'm hanging, there's a very thin rubber piece you can hang on to, which doesn't give you very much comfort, but the Cessnas have a stall warning system, which when, you're, when the airplane reaches an angle of attack where it's gonna to start to stall, it makes a very clean beep, we're stalling. You know, everything's, oh, put the nose down. Well, as the stall progresses, the noise turns into this ragged, really loud, horrible, ragged, boo, boo, boo. And this thing is doing, and these big hairy arms on this guy, and he's all nervous, and now his eyes are this big, my eyes are this big too. And in like that amount of wind, not unlike a river, when you turn downwind, you're instead of going over the ground like at 40 or 50 miles an hour, now you're going over the ground at 80 to 100 miles an hour, like in a river current. 
we started down Spernard Avenue. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget, Gwenny's has a mural on the side of their building there. And we're look, I'm looking up at it. We come by, and it, it was just so surreal. It comes like this, whoo, and then disappears. Blah, blah. It we're flying down Spernard, under wires. I could see people on the street going like this. It was like every second, it was like, mm, I brace myself, we're gonna, this is it, this is it. Oh, God, we didn't do it. People handle fear in a lot of different ways. Fear the, one of the definitions of fear is the outcome is in doubt. Well, it was seriously in doubt. So, and, and down under the wires and, and, and cars, and, and then he turns left on Minnesota. And, he goes, <laughs> and down we go, and the airplane, the whole time, this noise, pew, 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 of the ELT and the, ah, yeah. And he's, and he's fighting the controls, and he trims it, and I'm going, and he, it had these bubble windows on the pilot side, and he looks out, he's back. And he looks up. <laughs> At this point, I don't think I could make my eyes any more wider than they already were. He goes, I think this is an emergency. <laughs> and I... Yeah! This is an emergency! The horizontal stabilizer was bent up along the, the rudder, which it's not supposed to be that way. <laughs> the, the elevator works together in the back of an airplane very simply. Well, when it's cocked up at... 90 degrees sitting next to the, the rudder like this. Now you only have half of one. And the yoke is jammed, so you can't do anything because instead of going like this like it's supposed to, now it has a, like an 80-degree bend in it. So anyway, we're through. We're coming down Minnesota. I'm not sure if there's... We went over under the, the big... Because now I was worried about the, the, the lights, the, the big lights now. It wasn't just stop signs. And so and it was just... It just seemed like an eternity. <gasps> this is it. Take my stomach. We're going to hit. No, we miss it. And it just go, you know, it's just so surreal. And the noise. Boo, 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 boo. Ah, yeah. And uh, so Anchorage is up on a peninsula. It drops down about 100 feet down to Cook Inlet. Well, the wind's so strong. And if you know the inlet, man, it's just going like this. The wind's knocking the top two feet off the waves. It's just a white froth. And... Uh, if you're in the water, you're dead. You know, now we're right over the top of the waves. Yeah, you just barely touch. Yeah, and it's like uh, he thought, uh, should I land? I said, oh God, no, no, not in the inlet, because you, you just that'd be it. You never make it anywhere. The tower had seen us disappear <laughs> behind the trees over the top of the Millennium, and uh, now they had people. The fire rescue were out. Of course, I found out later <laughs> were looking for us, looking for a plume of smoke someplace, and so. Now we're looking at the white cliffs across the, the way. Now we just barely are, are making it over the inlet, and I'm already more terrified than I've ever been in my life. And uh, I knew we weren't going to be able to gain altitude. We were lucky enough to get 100 feet drop where we could get a couple miles an hour to get over the waves. And so now it's like Point McKenzie, and it's like a 200-foot cliff there. And you go, this, this is not good. <laughs> and so here comes the next one. It's like, okay. And uh, there was a little, um, a little push where the little estuary where there's a little uh, brine water reedy swamp. And uh, fortunately, we, uh, he was able to, at that point, we weren't going up, we weren't doing anything, and whoosh, went into the grass. And <laughs> um, 
basically, at that point, it was uneventful. But uh, I found out uh, really quickly, you know, the, the smell of, of fear is a lot like poop. <laughs> and, uh, and so that, that's pretty much the conclusion. Fear has a lot of different feelings and smells and reactions, but pretty much smells like poop. <laughs> Thanks.